On today's podcast, we're going to be talking about Superman versus a very controversial group. As such, we will be issuing a viewer and listener discretion advised. Uh, that being said, let's get into the show. Okay, what is happening here? Where are we? Glix, give us a situation report. Currently, we are on the planet Geekery. Be warned, our impossibility drive may cause distortions okay. as we traverse this land. Impending impossibility engaging in three, oh two, oh one. Hello, Devoted Geeks. Welcome to ComTalk, the podcast extension of Geek Devotions, the show from Devoted Geeks who are devoted to letting people know that they are loved. I'm Dallas, and Celeste is over helping out Glick. She had a malfunction in our last podcast, and so a little overload. Celeste is taking care of that, and our impossibility drive has messed up again, and so we're back in the Superman district for some strange reason. So I had to enlist the help of someone really awesome. That is this gentleman right here. Ladies and gentlemen, Carlos Renfro. Good day, folks from the Superman District. How's everyone doing? <laughs> Carlos, uh, so thankful to have you here with us today, my man. Great to be here, man. Now, Carlos, you, you have a podcast that you're kind of re- rebirthing soon. I am, and is there's a lot of things that's kind of coming together for that. So, so you, we'll be returning a favor here. Come on. Sweet. And what's the name of that podcast? Um, the name of the podcast, the revamped name for the co- podcast itself is going to be Straight Truth. Um, it is going to be a division of Healing Truth Ministries. And there's a couple of strands and different directions that we're going to be going with that. But Straight Truth will be the new longer podcast, along with the shorter Moments of Truth. There are like two minute episodes that will be in between. Oh, that's so cool. I love it. So I encourage you guys. We have links in our description down below for you to check out Carlos's stuff. Um, but that being said, today is a, it's a special podcast, not just because you're on here, but because this is our first time doing a video podcast. Oh, I'm honored. And uh, this is also, we're doing a three-part series. Yep. Uh, thanks to you, our devoted uh, geeks, and mo- specifically our devoted Patreon geeks, uh, we're going to be doing a series on this book right here, Superman Smashes the Clan, uh, which is a really, um, it's an interesting book. It is. It is. So far, <laughs> it's very interesting. And um, this is the reason why we said our intro. This is going to be controversial. We're going to be talking about some sensitive topics. And so uh, for some of you, maybe you're, you're real sensitive about a few things. Um, maybe maybe skip this podcast or you know listen to this cautiously. <laughs> but uh, we're going to be getting into some really detailed information about this book. Um, so, um, but again, our patrons, you guys, you're the ones that paid for this. You guys are the ones that sponsored this, and so we're thankful for it. So let's let's get into some back history about this. Yeah, yeah, let's do um, it. This book is a um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a adaptation, right? Kind yeah. of an adaptation or or a revamp of a of a previous previously released storyline, right? So back in the '40s. Um, the Ku Klux Klan was on the rise again. Uh, they took a big hit, and then back in the 40s, there was this resurgence of this particular group, and there was a journalist. This is what I think is cool. There was a journalist who was like, right. he made it his mission to like expose the Klan and say, these guys are, are whack, we need to get rid of them. And um, he got in touch with another organization that set him up with a fake identity. Like, this is some, like, yeah. 007 stuff. Yeah, this is, like, almost, <laughs> this is real life, but it's almost like a movie storyline. Exactly. It's something that you would expect to be in a movie storyline, but it really happened. Like, I want this movie. I know that, what was his name? Spike Lee did a movie right. called The Black Klansman. That was kind of a yeah. similar, but it was a cop yeah. situation. But this is, like, this was a, a, uh, a journalist. Yeah. He infiltrated the Klan, worked his way up the ranks, discovering all their secrets. And this is where the, this is the sad part of the story for me. He went to the authorities, like the the police, the FBI, 
and they basically gave him what we call the teenager salute. Right. And, <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good description. For those of you who don't know what that is, that's this. <laughs> and if you're listening to the audio, I lifted my hands up like, I don't know. And uh, they're like, okay, cool, whatever. So he did something really interesting. And from my understanding, there's a uh, there's various stories on how this happened. But somehow he was connected with a guy named Maxwell, who was in charge of right. the Superman radio dramas that were going on at the time. Yes, back in the days of radio drama. Those I love radio dramas. I, I, I love it too. <laughs> what was your how, like? What's your earliest radio drama you remember listening to? Well, I kind of remember listening <laughs> to Christian radio and Adventures in the Odyssey. Oh yeah, really and 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 I actually had my son listen to some of those things because the radio drama kind of forces you to engage your imagination. Absolutely, and kind of visualize what's happening right? rather than TV and and media doing it for you. So. Exactly, and that and that very power of it, I think it was key back in the forties. Now, right. Superman, the the radio drama, it was one of the top ranking radio station or shows at the time. Right. And so Maxwell, he, uh, him and this guy named Kennedy got together and Kennedy goes, this is what I have. And he's like, let's make something happen. And they created this story called Superman versus the clan of the fiery cross, right. which of course, those of us who, uh, you know, many years later, we understand the reference to the fiery cross. We we're right. talking about the, um, Ku Klux Klan. They would light crosses and people's yards for a variety of reasons. And, um, so I thought it was interesting that he didn't just flat out call Superman versus the KKK. Right. Like right. they're like, no, it's not about the KKK sort of. <laughs> right. 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 So this is the background of the story that we've read and we've only read book one. Right. And so what we're going to do is in this podcast, we're going to talk about, um, the front end. We're, let's talk about the art. Let's talk about the right. story itself. And then after our commercial break, we're going to be talking about the implications of the story and what we've read and what we've seen. So let's get into this. Um, let's talk about the art style and whatnot. What was your initial impact when you first got the book and you first opened up the pages? Now, you had the special edition copy. I, I do. With the nice oil paint on the right. front end. Yeah, that I was do. that was pretty, man. Right. And the oil paint in the oil paint copy is a contrast from what it looks like on the inside. <laughs> if if you show that 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 cover there, that's right. that's really what that's really true to the form of the art right. on the inside of mm-hmm. it. And it's almost like this uh, like the uh, remember the early two thousands Superman cartoon series? Yes. It's yes. almost that feel. It very much is, yeah. So I was kind of thrown off by it because I opened up like this looks like it's really meant for children. It, yeah. Which I guess to a degree kind of is. Well, when you think about <laughs> when you think about the the almost bygone era of what comics were mm-hmm. in their inceptions in the thirties and the forties, right? That's really was the target audience. Now, now we have more. We have more. How say more illicit characters in, in comics now? Right now, you have and comics really aren't targeting to, um, toward kids now. So you see the artwork reflect that. Right. Um, comics now are crossing over in the movies so much. So the artwork is more sophisticated, more detailed. Right. The anatomy is more more human realistic the you know superman's muscles are kind of rounded off and, and <laughs> angular there you know he he doesn't look like a bodybuilder like he does in in in, in modern comics so right i thought that was really kind of true to a form when it when you consider the when you consider the error that it was originally <laughs> right. re- released yeah absolutely and, and that that is something that i think people should know when they read the book it is very much set in the 40s yes like when they did this um 
they they were meticulous about a capturing the original storyline, which we'll talk about that later. But it is grounded in that realm, and I appreciated the opening panels of this. You have uh, Superman fighting this Nazi, uh, right. like I forgot what his name, Toxic Avenger or something. Yeah, I don't know. He was, he was, <laughs> he was keyed in on radiation, right? <laughs> and so there, he's fighting this this Nazi, and you're automatically the the guys who put this book together. They're like, okay, 2019 audience, we've got to frame this for them. So automatically, they put us in that time frame of just post World War II. Yeah, the Superman. He's a little different. He has the black background on his S, which mm-hmm. was what it was back in the 40s. It was. And at the same time, they're, Lois is taking time to explain his powers. Right. Like, I, I was kind of taken back when um, he didn't fly. Like, he jumped right. up. And, and that's the first thing that I noticed. <laughs> it's like, it's like, and, and if you get this, you're going to get a Superman that's, that's, that's going places, not by flying, but by running and running across the power lines. Right. <laughs> he's following the, the power grid like he's following the roads, and that's how he's... I guess that's how he stays off the streets yeah, by running that- across the power lines. <laughs> and so it's very odd to see Superman not take off to go to arrive at where he's going. Right. What was it like for you when you saw him respond to Kryptonite, but not know what it was? Like, they didn't even call it Kryptonite. Right, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, they didn't call it Kryptonite, and so now it's almost like this is his first encounter. Right. You know, he's, he's describing vividly what he's feeling and i almost there was always a little bit of some of some hidden insight in Mm because you always see in the movies and in the comics you see him respond to kryptonite in awakening sense right but he actually started he described a symptom he described feeling sick and things like that you don't really when superman's being weakened by kryptonite you don't really know what he's experiencing in his body in the movies but in this one he's kind of you know he's he's in, in this little thought bubble, he's right. revealing exactly what the what the toxic effects of kryptonite are, and I thought that was very interesting. And it took me a minute just to kind of like his <laughs> kryptonite, bro. Right, and it, and it, it dawned on me, oh, he he doesn't know what this is. He doesn't know what he's experiencing. That phrase, that's kryptonite, bro. That that really was like for those of us that have been reading like for comics forever, like we're like, dude, what, what are you doing? But glowing ring rock. <laughs> but and I found this interesting. The radio, I didn't know this. Uh, the radio show. The, the radio dramas, they're the ones that introduced kryptonite. I didn't know that. There either. was no kryptonite before the radio dramas. So when they framed this, it was a new substance. Wow. So the most OP character in the history of comics <laughs> literally at that point didn't have a weakness. Exactly. <laughs> they're like, we got to make something here, guys. So I think it's interesting that you talked about uh, earlier, kind of going back and forth, you were talking about the uh, how the – well, we were talking about how it seems like for kids – um, that was actually a made crux for the original storylines. Uh, there was actually some some blowback. People were like, well, why are we doing these radio dramas? They're not teaching kids anything. So they're like, oh, we got to make these educational somehow. Right. And so that's right. kind of like part of the whole thing when Maxwell and Kennedy got together. Like, okay, we need to teach people a lesson. Right. And we're going to go after a very dangerous group at the same time. Yes. Let's go. <laughs> the most dangerous PSA ever. <laughs> 16 part. 16 part. Ooh. All right. So. So Superman's obviously very, very different. Was there anything else about the art style or the storyline that of in that world that kind of popped out to you that you were like, oh wow, this is really framing the '40s for you? Well, you look you look at the dress, right? Um, you look at 
no, no way their their costume was even the ridiculous radiation suit that the bad guy had on, <laughs> and like you said, a throwback to to Superman not looking like he looks on your shirt. There. Yeah, to him looking more like he looked looked with the back background on the S, but not with the gold black background on the S. And, right, and Lois and Jimmy being really true to the form of a, what a Fordish reporter would look like. Exactly, you no know, Lois very traditional in a in a dress suit. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was <laughs> so it, they really did a good job of framing it framing it in the context of the 40s right and so um and i thought that within that they did a great job helping you understand that by explaining things right so this story though it follows not necessarily just superman it follows a um a chinese family immigrants actually yes and um so let's let's talk about the storyline um a little bit. It's following a, a family. They just moved into town, into right. Metropolis, right. Uh, into the big city. Dad's a some sort of scientist, right? And he's uh, uh, he gets his lab coat. Everyone's excited about it. And the the little girl and her brother go off to the baseball field, right? And uh, the the team just happens to be ran by uh, Jimmy. Olsen, I thought that was very serendipitous. I, yeah. <laughs> I think they just kind of needed somebody to plug into that spot, so they plug they plug the familiar character, they plug Jimmy Olsen into that spot. Exactly, and we have this interesting conflict that takes place of where there's a um, obviously it's a young Chinese boy, but he's phenomenal. Like he's right. a great pitcher, great pitcher, very athletic, very athletic. And then there's a young man who is a little big headed, <laughs> a little on the cocky side. <laughs> I mean, he's kind of the big fish in the little pond before these guys show right. up. So, but I think the way that they illustrated, it, like the between the the scripting and then the illustration, like you really get a sense of like, wow, this is really an awkward moment right now. Right. And and kind of backing up from there, you can feel the awkwardness even as their as their as the as the Chinese family is showing up on the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, you have the the brother and the sister kind of unsure about where they're where they're moving to. Right. Um, even I thought what I found really interesting is um in this part of the artwork as well when mm-hmm. the mom would talk. Yeah. Um, she would speak Chinese. They would take her English letters and they would shade it in the pinkish red, right. and let you know that she was speaking Mandarin. Right. And and the father would always correct her and make her and tell her, "No, honey, speaking English," because right. he's trying to get her to assimilate to where they're they're moving to. And you can tell that the daughter and the mother are the least comfortable with this yes. move, and that the that the guys, the father and the, and the son, they're they're more comfortable with right. what's going on. They're they're kind of seeing it as a as a bold opportunity to jump to a next chapter, and so that kind of sets up some these awkward these awkward interactions with the people that are already in metropolis and in particular with the baseball scene absolutely and speaking of that kind of background aspect i thought it was really interesting the way they play out the scene where they're in the car and she's talking about her jacket this like it's from the old country right like we're gonna get you a new one but like she's holding on to this this old like this is my what i'm familiar to right yeah and of course they're they're leaving chinatown if you don't they're they're moving out of chinatown they're moving into metropolis so they're leaving an area where they're very culturally adept and familiar with their surroundings and moving to something that's literally almost almost a foreign country to them yeah absolutely so we have this background where they feel awkward and they're trying to figure it out. The little girl, the brother, they're at the baseball thing. She still feels kind of uh, uh, you know antsy about it. He's loving it. He's like, I got friends. I'm playing baseball. Right. And he um, gets to show off too. He, he shows off hard. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, again, there was a young man who just got a little cocky, and he was crowding the plate. Which for those of you who play baseball, you know that's a mistake. Yeah. I crowded the plate once. On accident, and only once, and yeah, my my knee taught me the lesson of that. Oh yeah, Peyton, 
That baseballs are hard, <laughs> and, and it is very, it is very easily. That's a lesson you only want want to learn once. I, I coached baseball here a couple of years, and my oldest son played in it, uh-huh. and we played in a, our first year live live arm league. For those of you who don't have never worked or, or coached little league, you get you start out with coach pitch where the coaches are pitching to the kids. Oh wow! And then there's this transition phase, which where we were coaching is called live arm, and it's their first year when the when the players themselves are pitching to each other right and my oldest son he's a poor guy he's, he's the only left-handed batter on the team and those guys do not know how to throw across the plate left-handed so about 50 percent of his on bases were him getting hit with the ball Ooh, <laughs> poor guy yep. well that's what we have happen in the in the book is the because he's crowding the plate he gets binged and um he goes after the kid and he's like accusing him of doing it on purpose and of course yeah. jimmy's like you you were being dumb this is on you you cry to the plate, and you're being an idiot. And right. ends up kicking the kid off the off the team. Yeah, and his sister jumps in and stands up for him. And and that's and that's kind of where you get the first twinges of the racial epithets there. Um, as they're as as they're letting them know in their language that they don't belong right. with them and where they are on the team. That mm-hmm. that this this cocky kid here that he's mm-hmm. he's letting them know that that you know you're kind of belong here. And right. You're 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 here to take my place, and he's felt threatened, and he felt threatened not just because the kid was a better baseball player than him, right? But because the kid was Chinese, right? So we fast forward a little bit. There's some altercations. The young boy um, has he he goes home, and um, he has a relative come out who mm-hmm. is this is uncle is his uncle, yeah. And his uncle is like, "What's wrong with you?" And he's at first he's all like, "Hey, walk it off, be a man." But then you have the awkwardness of when he goes, so who was it? And he goes, this kid named Lee. And all of a sudden, he just goes off the rails. Right. He lights up once he realizes it. I mean, I think he like threw out a couple of names that would be, you know, your common American names. As soon as he throws out, throws out Lee, then, right. then, then the mood changes to say right. the least. And I think even like the way they animated that scene where, or I say animated, the way they drew out those those panels. You saw the switch off. I mean, yeah. He always he already looked kind of erratic. Right. But when he when he went to the whole like it's who. Yeah, he got the he got the weird crazy outlook. You know, like the artists they did a great job. Again, this is a very childlike art style. Right. I say childlike. It's for younger audiences, but it really does exist the the transformation in an individual. Yeah, it does. It does. You you saw him. You saw him turn from a neutral character to an antagonist in the panels, and right. I thought that was actually a pretty pretty nice touch. Right. So they go off, he takes uh, his nephew with him to ultimately what is a clan rally and introduces him to the rest of the clan. And this is where the story gets really, really dark. Yeah. And uh, they end up at the front yard of the Lees and do a a, um, A cross burning. Cross burning. Yes. And um, they say it's a warning. But at the same time, it's like the the uncle hands the the boy a... um, was it called a Molotov yeah. cocktail? Yeah. What do you call it? Yeah. And he goes here, chunk this. And well, the kid doesn't throw it very well. Right. And I couldn't really tell the story if he like if it was a, a he didn't throw well or if it was a he didn't it, feel right it about felt, it. It felt more like a hesitation, right? Like, like he was along for the ride, but he didn't. Even the kid showing up and following his uncle to this cross burning right. with the rest of the clan, and you know he had they have, they all have on the hoods and the robes and everything. Right. And it's it's like he didn't expect it to get that real. Right. To where now there's somebody in danger. Exactly. Now I'm expected to act out in a violent way. And I think he I think he realized at that moment he kind of gotten in. 
him a little bit more than what he bargained for. He fell fell in over his head. I mean, the kid's supposed to be a pitcher, and right. he couldn't throw the bottle. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and so you had this awkwardness take place, and I keep saying awkwardness, but I mean, it's, I mean, you have this. It, it feels awkward. It does. You have a kid, and he's like, "I don't want to do this." And then you have them kind of fighting it, and then you see that um, the little girl recognizes yeah. the boy because he's wearing these red boots for some reason. Yeah, he's wearing the same ones that he had on earlier when he was um when she had seen him before. And exactly, he- and so they run off. And again, it, it, the story really, the uncle really becomes more erratic, in my opinion, throughout right. the story. He does. Um, he becomes more. I mean, it's a scary individual, and yeah. you could tell that the the boy didn't really feel comfortable with it right like, well and the uncle now is in control mode right he's in the mode where now it's time to it's time to make you like me and you're gonna have to get past your intrepidation if you want to see clearly what we're trying to what we're right. trying to do here right so which is a scary situation yeah to, for yeah. anybody to be in yeah i'm sure yeah it would be confusing even for a fictional character right so um they do something again just terrifying um they actually kidnap the boy yeah they're 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 walking on the uh lee and his sister are walking home and um, they get they separate because they have a little tiff, and um, these guys roll up and they kidnap Lee, and they run off with him. And um, I can't imagine what the little girl had to feel. Right, like that when they played out the panels where she was like, "Where's Lee?" Right, and she's freaking out. Right, I think they did a great job illustrating the the fear of that. Right. Because you have a bit of an undercurrent, and there's conflict between her and her brother because he's he's egging on her for for always being reserved and kind of holding back and mm-hmm. not wanting to adjust to the change. Right. And well, she's kind of in conflict with him because she feels like the change for him is self-serving that he gets an opportunity to show off and right. and and kind of grandstand a little bit. So there's so there's a there's a there's this this back and forth between the old and the new between the two of them right and so he apparently he gets her upset and she walks off and cries and i guess that's something that she, that he's used to her doing she gets upset she right. goes off and she <laughs> cries um and so they they split and when they split he's approached um he's approached in the car and um while he's walking home and they they kidnap and they take him with him right and um, so then, of course, she's on this journey, and she she automatically knows. She seems to know off the bat. I know who did this. Right, something's not right. Right, and um, she goes to Jimmy Olsen, who um, I think it's interesting that she automatically has this connection to Jimmy. She's like, he's the guy in charge of the the baseball team. Right. I need to go to him. And of course, Clark overhears it. Right, and he Superman's out. Clark overhears everything. <laughs> everything. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and so it actually ends um at a very interesting point where. Right. It's a bit of a cliffhanger. It is a cliffhanger. And uh, I'm really anxious to read book two of this. Right. And um, so overall, as a story, has it captured your attention? Like, do you do you want to read book two? Yeah, I, wa- I, want, to le- I want to read book two um, for a variety of reasons. One, you want to see what happens. Um, you want to see how far they get with the young man, with, um, with young Lee. Um, you want to see... Um, you want to see there's still some revelation to go on with what, what's going on with the clan in Metropolis because there are even people that are surprised right. at the cross burnings like hey man this is Metropolis exactly why why is this happening here in the city right you know that's something that happens out there you know right. out there out yonder right and so there there's some there's something to be revealed there I'm also very interested in the young 
and the young boy mm-hmm. um whose whose uncle is the is the clansman is the clan leader i'm I'm interested to see how far he's willing to go mm. I'm very interested to see if if these events are scaring him enough to back off <laughs> and maybe he's a bit of a dynamic character that's redeemable from being a right of you no know, a belligerent racist or maybe an edge of of an edge character that's almost in that arena and it pulls him back. Right. Or or does something happen that kind of pushes them into into fully investing in it? Absolutely. I'm interested to see how this affects the relationship between um between the, the, the brother and the sister. Yeah. You know, how how that affects, you know even the parents. Yeah, even the parents. How does that affect their thoughts of what's going on with them moving from Chinatown, leaving the familiar mm-hmm. and moving into metropolis and now they have all these problems. Exactly. There's there's definitely a lot of really great small story points that I want them to wrap up like the ones you just said. Right. Where they've got like cuz they in the story itself they did a great job of going okay, here's this, here's that, here's this, here's this. You know, the parents in there moving to metropolis, the dad taking on this new job. Um, dealing with his new boss, one boss that loves him, and a fellow employee who is pretty much against him. Right. Yep. So you have all these small things here and there, and at the same time, we have this. We haven't talked about it very much. Ironically, Superman's having some problems. Yeah, he's having some issues, and this is and this is very different if you're used to a smash em up, bang em up comic. Yes. Because I, and I think kind of one thing that they did at the beginning with the. With the radioactive guy trying to trying to break the dam there in um in Metropolis and, and Superman getting to kick a little bit of butt is that Superman hasn't engaged anybody much as his super self. Mm-hmm. He's not showing off his um his array of powers and ability and skills. And in this storyline, he's not he's not fighting some super villain that's threatening the city. He's right. really fighting an ideology. Exactly. So you're so Superman engaging people with his fist and with his superpower and his heat vision and all that right. stuff, you know, is 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 a, is not really prevalent, right? And um and that's but like and I I'm curious to what they're doing with it because in the in the book he's having these weird visions where right. he's seeing he's aliens, having, right? Like not just like like I'm an alien, but like like we're talking like ET phone home yeah, aliens. He's, he's having some flashbacks from some <laughs> things that were communicated and and. and and that's kind of where you got a little bit of a double storyline going on because right. we have these immigrants that have come in mm-hmm. to Metropolis from Chinatown and they're mixing into and assimilating to a culture that they're not familiar with and frankly not comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And you have Superman going back t- to his memory of him realizing that he's different. Right. And he has a flashback from where he's protecting a friend of his and, and the heat vision comes out for the first time. And, you know, and he's feeling like, like the immigrant, like the alien, right? You know, he's feeling like the one that's different, and, and all of this is kind of cross culturing with right. what 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 Superman is going through, literally not being from the planet, exactly. And even at the same time, like him, like when those panels when he's a kid, he's scared of it. Yeah, like it, he's reading a book about these aliens shooting laser beams, and all of a sudden he's doing it. Yeah, and, and it scares him. And his friend is afraid of him because yeah. he's protecting his friend. His friend's like, get away from me! You're, right? He's thinking, man, you're one of those crazy monsters <laughs> out of the comics, right? So yeah. absolutely, and I think I think it maybe advanced spoiler. I think the setup for Superman weakening is mm-hmm. is, is is important. Yeah. I may be wrong. The uh, later episodes may prove me wrong with this, <laughs> but I think him being weakened is a setup from him having to rely on something other than his super strength. I agree. I really think so. All right. So what we're gonna do, guys, is we're gonna take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're gonna talk about some of the. Uh, the bigger themes of it, our thoughts on it as far those themes, what's pulling out about racism and other aspects, 
and uh, some of our, we, we were talking about we had some trepidation going into this and what those were. So we'll see you guys after this break. Hi, I'm Francisco from the Retro Rewind Podcast. And as always, I'm joined by... I'm Paul J. Powers, and they call me the Master Interrupter. Yeah, I wonder why. Uh, it doesn't matter, because you're listening to Com Talk. Com's returning to normal stasis in all right, and we're back. I want to encourage you guys, please go check out Retro Rewind Podcast. They're great friends of ours. Uh, Francisco and Paul, are they're always fun to hang out with. Yeah. And speaking right. of which, I just hung out with them, actually. Got to talk to the, with them about Batman Returns. Sweet. And uh, Oh, yeah. We've we, we done, we done Batman Returns before. <laughs> we did, didn't we? You and I had a good, a good go around with Batman Returns. That was a good conversation. It was. So, and, and I want to encourage you guys, check out that podcast episode. Yes. Um, speaking of... I didn't even put that together actually when I was planning to do this. Yeah. But you and I talked about Batman Returns we sure did. for we uh, sure did. Um, Geekmas yes. a couple of years ago. Yes. So we'll link to that conversation uh, in the description of this episode. As a matter of fact, in the Facebook group, I um I put in the comment my favorite yes, Christmas movie. <laughs> <laughs> and that was a reference to the conversation you mm-hmm. and I had. You got you gotta go check it out and see what that was all about. Oh yeah, that was a great conversation. It was. But I was just on Retro. We talked about Batman Returns. We were talking about whether or not it was a classic film, a nostalgic film, or a tragic film. Wow. And, uh, we rated it as, well, you have to go listen to it. I'm not going to spoil it. No spoilers here. <laughs> but, I don't even get off to it. No spoilers here. But it's a lot of fun. And real quick, plug for them. If you're a patron, we had a really great conversation that you can only access if you're one of their patrons or one of their Twitch circuits, which are people who use their Amazon Prime to subscribe to their Twitch channel. Um, you get access to their, what they call, what do they call it? They used to call it bonus rounds. Celeste is off screen. So that's what they call the uh, the extra stuff for the patrons. I forgot what they call it now. My brain stopped, so I apologize, Francisco. <laughs> well, let's look at it later. But they put out um, in their extra stuff for patrons. We have a spiritual speculation conversation, sweet, and we had a really great conversation. So those of you guys who you know you're looking for a podcast to support, check them out. Yeah, and um, at the same time, if you would like to support our show, again this this whole episode is sponsored by our patrons. One hundred percent, they're the ones that said, "Hey," because we asked them about it. They're like, "Yeah, do this episode, do this series." and review these and have this real life conversation because there's some major topics here there are that um that are important i'm gonna late rate this right now as one of the most important series we've done with geek devotions and i'm right. glad to have you here with us I'm glad to be here. but if you guys want to help see more content like this and you want to help support us doing that check out our patreon patreon.com forward slash geek devotions link in the description down below also links off our website geekdevotions.com where you can do patreon or a one-time gift through paypal yeah so that's pretty cool Doesn't get much easier than that. <laughs> so speaking of now we got all that out of the way um let's get into the heavier topics of this not that this right. has already been heavy yeah this has been really heavy this at its core like we said earlier this was the original radio drama was a direct attack on the Ku Klux Klan. Yeah. The KKK. As it was growing in the height of his powers. Exactly. Exactly. And um, you and I, when we first I brought this to you, um, I had some weariness about this. And I think you, you had the same worries I had. What were some of your concerns about us doing this series? Well, of course, you're, you're going to be touching on not just uh, 
a hot topic or a controversial topic as it comes to historical evils, but where we kind of are in society today, right. um, it's going to be touching on some of those things too. And, and, you know, in places like this, we don't try to get overly political, right? but in ways that you're going to have, you're going to have a, you're going to have a hard time avoiding stuff like that. Exactly. And, um, and, but I think they did, a pretty good job so far. I don't mm-hmm. know how how far the story is going to go. But <laughs> so far, they've done a pretty good job at thwarting my main concern. Right. My main concern was that they were going to take this forty storyline mm-hmm. in twenty nineteen too much, and they were going to interject the modern the modern divisions that are around here culturally mm-hmm. and try to make a broader point about something today rather than recapping the storyline. Right. Not knowing short, I was afraid they were going to start trying to make a little extra woke, yeah. um, which happens with a lot of, with a lot of print media and film <laughs> and movies and, and a lot of different stuff and YouTube channels. And, right. And I, I didn't want that to get in the way of them telling the story that was originally told in the radio series in the forties. Yeah. I was very much in the same boat as you. Excuse me for a second. I got a call. Excuse me guys. Finding a something here with this uh, <laughs> recently. Maybe it's a, <laughs> I need a whammy. Yeah, <laughs> but um, I was kind of the same boat with you. I was I was actually really weary about this. Um, uh, right after I got you the book, like I, I picked up the copies, I gave it to you. DC put out a, a a post somewhere with Superman carrying a whole bunch of kids, and it said that uh, Superman cares about immigrants too. Right, and that if you're if you're in America, if you're listening to this, because we we do have some international audience, we have people in Australia and other places listen to this podcast. Immigration is a hot topic right it now. It is very hot topic. It is right a now. huge topic right now, and so I was actually worried that they were going to try to do this. Right. Um, now that being said, um, I took some time to listen to a portion of the original radio drama. And um, I'm going to tell you guys right now, it's hard to listen to. As, for me as an individual, I don't do racism very well at all. Like That's what you should. <laughs> <laughs> but like it, it, it bothers me. I get angry. Right. Like I, I, Celeste will testify. I get, I get really frustrated and angry. There are still movies that I won't watch because I, I, oh, yeah. I don't need the tensions rising. Absolutely. Um, I tried watching Crash. Did you ever watch that? I haven't. That, that movie is interesting because it, instead of it just being a one direction of racism, it's a ring of racism. Right. And so you have um, racism between like uh, a white guy and an African-American, African-American and Chinese, Chinese and the Mexicans. And you have this just big loop of things. And I get the, the film was trying to point out the fact that there's racism across the board. Right. I couldn't get through the first 15 minutes of it. Right. Like I was just angry. And so again, there's certain hot topics, racism, uh, child abuse, um, abusing women. I just can't do it. Yeah. Um, and so listening to the drama, uh, even though this was a radio drama that was designed to teach children, for me, it was hard to listen to. That being said, the, the, I missed probably maybe 15 minutes of it, 15, 20 minutes of the first of the, of it. And, um, again, this is 16 parts. Um, I will say that this book has been very on point and accurate to the original story. Right. They've added a few things. Right. And I think they added it for uh, just modern audience to be able to follow along. Right, yeah. Uh, Lois's interjections about Superman's only been able to jump so far. Right. Uh, and, you know, yeah, Superman runs along the power line, so he doesn't travel the road. That was explanation for us. Right. 2019, who don't have that Superman. Right, yeah. That was the Superman in the 40s. Yeah. Uh, the little girl, um, 
her the just the focus on her that's been added right but again i think that's a a the, plot device right a plot device and a little bit more of a modernization you wouldn't expect in 1940s for them to focus on a on right. a little chinese girl as a main character exactly so they haven't done so to date they haven't done the as you put it the the extra woke right yeah mindset things right they have they haven't they haven't 2019 to, um um much at all right um as of yet i this has to be yet to be seen if they're going to try to use that as a as a setup to maybe take a few shots at some political ideologies that they don't agree with or they're just going to tell the story exactly we, we'll have to wait and see right now um we may do a podcast later where we actually just review the actual thing comparison of the drama and everything but talking about the book um let's talk about the Ooh, sorry again this is based in the 40s right we have to keep that in mind but it does speak to people today so let's say that um your son um how old is he now he is 14 my oldest 14 my youngest is nine so your 14 year old walks into your office and goes hey dad what's that book and you you tell us oh, superman smashes the clan and he reads it yeah, we actually had a conversation about it he hadn't read it but we had a conversation oh good about it, but we talked about this so what's that conversation look like then like when you say when you when you hand it to him you go hey this is a interesting story how do you explain this to him well from a perspective of explaining it to him i would explain it to him as a device of where we were, mm-hmm. of where America was at that time, mm-hmm. um, that there were people on both sides of this thing. And, and we have to be careful when we look back at kind of the black eyes in America, mm-hmm. in America's past, that we have to remember that this isn't representative of of an entire group or an entire nation of people. Right. Even where I came from in the South, it wasn't representative of an, of an entire demographic. Right. So just as a tool, as a device to say this is an adaptation of a fictional of a fictional storyline mm-hmm. that kind of gives the temperature of where we were at this time. Right. And these type of things did happen <laughs> in real life, even though this is a fictional account. These these are characters that are made up. That is this, this back the backdrop of this comes from a real time and a period in our history. Right. And it used that as a way to to teach lessons and to draw some contrast and gain perspective on where we are now. Right. So you as an African American, you're you've picked it up as an adult man. You've grown you've you've lived through quite a bit. Mm-hmm. You've you've uh you've served our country and I have heard stories about things that are said behind closed doors while people are in the service of our country. And I've yeah. and you you grew up in Georgia. Mm-hmm which again has a history of certain things right what was it like for you reading this book well i was kind of kind of brought back to to like you said a lot of the stuff man is growth evolution a maturation process as you change i remember you know hearing things about about real racism mm-hmm. um what i call real racism um i I'll, I'll throw a disclaimer out there my my threshold for what constitutes racism might be a little higher than what other people's threshold is constitutes racism really and it's because of what i grew up with Mm -hmm. it's because i grew up in areas where i did see legitimate discrimination based simply off of the color of the skin not not just competing ideologies i disagree with you i just but 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 real racism based on on the color of skin right i've 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 seen that not to a large degree like my parents did. My parents grew up in segregated schools. Right. My um my I remember my mom talking 
to me about when they when they integrated schools. My mm-hmm. dad talked to me about when they integrated schools. Wow. I remember I remember all the stories my grandparents used to tell me about the difference between whites and blacks and things. And my mom talking about walking home from school when um when kids were throwing rocks out of the school buses at them wow. when they were walking and and the and the white kids were on the bus throwing rocks at them, mm-hmm. you know, and calling them names and things like that. <laughs> I remember being five or six years old and going through a town square uh-huh. of um of a city and there were there was an assimilation of of the clan. They weren't wearing the hoods and, and the robes, but they were they were passing out the literature in the center of the town square oh, wow. and they, they were stopping people who were at who were at traffic stop. They even handed my my mom and her sister um pamphlet. My <laughs> sister are in the back seat. Wow. And and I remember pulling pulling to the stop sign because there was it's a very small town. There's no stoplights there. Right. And at the stop <laughs> sign there my mom like, what's going on? And my mom my mom's sister, my aunt, was like, "Hey, that's the that's the clan." Now, wow. and and when you and when you hear that, immediately you think about the pictures and the videos that you see of cross burnings and, and even even more, you no, know, even more subversive, you no know, lynchings and things like that. Because you've seen pictures and images like that right. growing up in the south, you know. And I remember me and my sister kind of the best, and you kind of shrink it up, not knowing oh, what wow. to expect. They were yeah. hand, they were handing out their pamphlets and stuff like that. But my my aunt was driving the car; she just kind of took it and just kind of. <laughs> kind of went on about their business so when i talk about racism i think of stuff like that yeah you know i don't i don't think of some of the things that some people consider racism now that's just that's just not the way i think sure so just in the is this in the context of that and looking at looking at what was going on Mm -hmm. it really it really drew a contrast in in where this this nation is being and really where we are now because the things that were overtly being said and done in the comic i mean even though people can say that they're they're twinges of racism that were not post racial, we couldn't come in the neighborhood of of getting away with what these guys are doing there right. there then. I mean, I couldn't imagine in a in a metropolitan area anybody being bold enough to show up in somebody's front yard and yeah. burning a cross. No, not at all. I, I couldn't I couldn't imagine that. And it really brings reality that these things weren't these these things were were true. They're real. People live through this, and people um right. people um. People had to work through the thing, just like in the comic. There, the the um the inspector or the detective there was a was a black man on the on the police department yeah. that showed up there to investigate what was going on. That in that time in the forties, that <laughs> that even in non and I'm assuming Metropolis is kind of like a kind of like a like a Manhattan kind of a little bit yeah, like yeah. a Manhattan. It so, feels like that. In so the comics, so we wouldn't be in a 1940 Jim Crow era. Right. So you got a you got a guy who's a who's a police detective in a major metropolitan city. Right. But he's black. You know, if this is taking place in the South. He he obviously wouldn't be right. wouldn't be there. You right. Know? But he did mention that um, and that when when the hap- when the event happened at the Lees and they had the, the cross burning there, um, his friends were like they came to help. And the Lees at first were like, nope, nope, we want to handle this on our own, which I think is uh, indicative of the time period where like people were ashamed, like, look, we just want to, we just want to do our thing, we just want to live our life, we don't right. want all this attention, which is a kind of an aspect of Chinese culture in and of right. itself. Uh, but I appreciate that the the police detective, he was like, I've been through this, right? Like he's like, I I I've, I've experienced this. I'm not leaving you alone. Right. And so I appreciated that mindset. Yeah. And one thing I did appreciate, and also maybe they didn't, maybe they didn't trust the black people yet either. Yeah. And there, there were, there was, there was more than just black and white in, in mm-hmm. that time. Just like there's more than just black and white now. And one thing I can appreciate also, they, which leads me to have some sort of a hope for where we're going with this is that they didn't, they didn't try to paint, <coughs> excuse me, they didn't try to paint all of the white people as evil people because there, there were, 
there they made a distinction between the 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 clansmen and those that followed the ideology and they they did a pretty good job of drawing the line between guys like jimmy and lois even though superman superman's technically not white he's an alien right uh, <laughs> uh, drawing a line between them and their sympathizing with hey this is wrong right or them saying hey i can't believe this is happening in metropolis that right. people are acting like this in metropolis right. that they didn't go the direction of oh, you know white man equal bad right you know and i'm glad they didn't go in that direction <laughs> absolutely so again going into the book we had some trepidation but we realized they're keeping real chill to the story they're keeping real close to the story yeah, pretty much and we've kind of talked about the you know, you as a African-American in 2019, how you would interpret, how you pass this on to your son, goes, hey, this is a story, and trying to explain that. But how do you think that we explain this to the greater audience? Past the uh, African-American community, past your, talking to your son, who you're having to explain to, because to be honest, your son hasn't grown up in, in that. No, no, not even close. He's, he hadn't even grown up what I grew up Right, you know, and, and to me, that's, <clears throat> I am so thankful for that. And to me, that that's too. a sign of progress. Exactly. We are so past that moment. Um, when I was reading the panels, it I was thinking, I haven't seen any of this stuff before. Right. And and at first I had to, I had to check myself, okay, have I not seen this because I'm Caucasian? Because I grew up in mostly, you know, Caucasian areas. And I realized it's because I we just haven't seen this stuff. Right. right. Like this is next level, man. Right. Yeah. Yeah. To that degree. And sometimes it takes a bit of comparison of where you were to see where you are. Right. Um, sometimes, you know, drawing that <laughs> comparison, um, it can be a thing well it will it where it can upset you. Mm-hmm. It can, you know, get the blood boiling a little bit, but it can provide an opportunity for there to be perspective. Right. And um and my son my son, um, growing up in, in this area, this area is, 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 is we're in the South, but is we're kind of in, in a military vibe. So there's a mm-hmm. lot of different cultures in here. Right. And this isn't something that's even remotely, uh, even remotely a concern for him. Right. In his day to day life mm-hmm. to the point where I have to make it a point to teach him mm-hmm. that, Hey, there, that this, this exists. Right. That there are people that think, think like this. Right. And um and just kind of bring balance to some imbalance that he may see in social media and <laughs> yes. TV and, right. and in the movies and things like that. Just kind of bring a balance to that because you no, know, right. there there are so many sides, different things, and there are people doing stuff out of whack on all kinds of sides. Yes. So just using that as an opportunity, though he has an experience to be able to to understand the kind of the full scope of it. Right. Um, I, I'll say this because you mentioned our our area. I, I've said this many times. Our area has something very beautiful. That I think that if they recognized it, this city could be one of the greatest cities in in the nation because we yeah. have such a mix of cultures here. We really do. We have this this thing where we like I I was explaining to somebody years ago. I was uh, <laughs> funny story. I was I was at a church in Texas and I was talking to this pastor and um, and I was explaining to him Shreveport. I said, "Man, it's a really interesting city because I can be driving down the street. At one point, I'm in you know kind of middle class area." And then all of a sudden, one street over, I'm in the hood. One street over, I'm in this massive, ritzy neighborhood area. And he looked at me and goes, I don't believe you. I'm like, excuse me? (laughs) (laughs) Because I've been to Streetport. It was was a country town. I'm like, that's the next street over, man. Yeah, (laughs) you you didn't drive far enough. You took a right turn. You should have kept straight. You you would have ran into the the million-dollar historical house. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, it's just we have this blend of cultures here. There is. There really is. And I think that if the people in our city recognize that, if they went, oh, wow, 
you know, we don't have, we have something that not a lot of people have. I think, and we, we just kind of threw out the preconceived ideas of stuff and work right. together. I think one thing we need to teach, um, teach people and one thing, one place we need to be in our, in our culture, if we want to see growth, we need to teach people <laughs> that it's okay to cross healthy lines. Mm-hmm. That it's okay to to step over into that person's world and to and I know there's this big thing about cultural appropriation, but just being frank and being honest, if we we maintain that type of mentality, we'll keep we'll we'll keep division at its core, and it, it'll right. stay the way that it is. We need to teach people that it's okay to cross the cross lines in the in a in a friendly and in a thoughtful and in a loving way, right? To 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 know where a person is, to know where their culture is, to know where they came from, to know what they value, what they hold them. And I think we'll realize there's a lot more, lot more common ground than we think if we're able to do that. Right. You know, because producing unity never comes out of perpetuating division. It never happens that way. Exactly. Exactly. And, and and ironically, this is coming from a guy who a black man who's uh, named after a Mexican. Yeah, named, <laughs> named after a Mexican. My dad had a had a friend named Carlos, and he thought that was a cool cool right cool name. He was a he was a dude who was black and Mexican. Right, and that's how I landed my name. Exactly. Uh, but I think the book illustrates a little bit what you're talking about because you in this at least in the first chapters you have a little bit of them going trying to understand each other's cultures, trying right. to understand what's right. going on. Yeah, and um and I think that we we see a little bit of play. I hope they play that out more. Right. Because that is such an essential key to us being healthy and growing together is understanding your background. Right. Understanding how people see things, how they interpret things. We can't help people unless we understand people. That's true. That's true. Um, And we can't assume that that someone is somewhere because of our knowledge of where we think they are. It has to come out of us truly understanding that person. I can't look at you and say, well, Dallas grew up wherever he is and he grew up with this type of family or this Mm -hmm. type of, this type of background or, or, or whatever, or just take a glance and say, well, he ought to be like this, or he ought to think like this, or this ought to be his ideology right. based off of something that I can see in a glance or, or what I like to call thin slicing, right. you know, just kind of taking a little off the top and then making the, Make you have judgment. to, yeah, you have to make, take a concerted effort to, to, to connect with people, right. know where they are. And then rather than judging, learning. Right. And that takes relationship. It does. It takes us being uncomfortable. Yeah. And beginning out of our skin and go, hey, let's hang out and, and do life yeah. and talk and, and let each other know that we're loved and right. love through some stuff. And be ready to understand um where somebody <laughs> is and where they where they come. Be ready to be ready to, to potentially be offended and not lose your mind. Exactly. Yeah. And and be ready to misunderstand. Yeah. I mean that's I think that's what the problem is. We we misunderstand and we take we get offended by it. Right. And no. it's like, well, what you say doesn't really add up to the way I see things. Right. Let's let's work through this together. A not a, not it's not necessarily a one to one. Right, there has um, to be a willingness. There. Yeah, but it's and, not a one to one relationship I'm about to make here. But there's I heard a story years ago about there was this guy who was out preaching and uh, he was from like New Zealand or Australia, mm-hmm. and he was explaining how they had these meetings and and they were praying for hours or doing all sorts of stuff. And he goes and everyone was just naked by the end of it, and everyone in the room's like. What? What? <laughs> what did you just say? Well, where he comes from, that slang for they were tired and exhausted. Right. And so we have that in our cultures. I mean, obviously that's an extreme. Right. But there is a matter of like, right. okay, can you explain what you mean yeah. by this? Yeah. Like, why why are you doing this? Right. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're a thing to me. One thing to one person is something completely different to another person. Right. And we have to be, we have to be willing, patient, and just 
complain or not lazy enough to care enough to to engage someone else to, right to really grasp that understanding exactly. and 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 just realizing that hating people because of where they come from because of their background what they look like is just plain stupid exactly it, it is what it is <laughs> and i think that's what they're trying to they're trying to paint that that with the way that they're creating the characters the clansmen and the and the young boy who's kind of caught in the middle of all of that right is they're making sure up front that they're painting their ideas and their ideology is just plain stupid exactly. and we and we can we can we can build on that right now um i i did a little bit in the back of the book there of our, our books that we have there's um some writings from the guy that kind of spearheaded yes. this project mm-hmm. uh did you get a chance to read that i did i thought it was interesting because some of this is a passion of his because he was a Chinese immigrant. Yes, yes, it was. And He's very he, close to the story. He, he he had not to the extremes of this, but he had some of this happen to him, mm-hmm. some of this racism and everything. Right. And I appreciate the fact that he's willing to tell a story, and but not necessarily push an agenda. But right. it's very real for him. And well, huh? I actually think it's pretty cool that it came from a Chinese guy exactly. because a lot of times we we take our we take our ideals of racial tension and our racial injustices and and racism and paint them only in black and white there's a whole spectrum of this stuff out here right and it's not a it's not an easy minefield to navigate sometimes and i kind of appreciate the fact that they take it from an asian perspective right absolutely so what's what's your big takeaway from this first book what is like like if i were to go carl send you to do an episode of geek devotions what's your big takeaway from book one well big takeaway is that that people are willing to go to to various various lengths and distances to protect what they feel is important to mm-hmm. them. And sometimes what you feel is important to you is stupid. <laughs> I don't know if I can say that enough. And and the the Klansmen are going to very, very extreme measures to the point of 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 a felony level crimes. Right. To to protect what they think is a is a is an ideology of they think they're protecting America. They're 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 disengaging in, in, mm-hmm. in white supremacy right um also the 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 depth of the of the fear that's in the asian culture mm-hmm. in some ways in the 40s rightly so mm-hmm. um but they're the 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 ladies in there and they're 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 trying to protect what they feel is important right and um and that's that's kind of that's kind of the lifting point of that is right. everybody everybody's kind of in their camp right and they and they're they're in their they're in their their area mm-hmm. and they're trying to they're trying to protect their turf. Right. And it's not saying that you, you shouldn't be protective or even honoring of of your of your cultural past right. or where you come from. Yeah, absolutely. But when it becomes your idol. Right. And it becomes the you're so, it's so different, I'm not gonna allow anything else in my life. Right. And you get violent, that's where it gets bad. Right. That's when you start having some real crazy unhealthy stuff. I I I I am very proud of the family and the people and the, that I come from and the people that have done things so that I have opportunities to, that I have now. I want to be able to provide that um, for my children, for right. my for my family. But it all has perspective um, when when you look at that. If it's if it's not about something bigger than this yourself, it will become selfish. It will become like you say, it will become idolatrous, mm-hmm. and and you'll find yourself protecting it for the sake of of that ideology in and of itself right you'll lose perspective exactly you'll lose what you'll lose sight of what the other person is and what the other person's going through and where they came from that they have they have just as much behind them as you do absolutely 
Absolutely. All right. Well, I thought this was a great conversation. I think it was too. This I is think pretty good. good. I like this. So uh, I should be getting book two pretty soon. Yes. I'll get that to you. And then what we're going to do is uh, here in a, um, the next podcast, I'm not sure what the topic will be, but the podcast after that will be on book two yep. of this. And so we hope you guys enjoy this one. I encourage you guys, uh, leave some comments and let us know your thoughts on this. Um, if, if, if this is on YouTube still, <laughs> put it on the comments on YouTube. Hopefully so. Hopefully so. Uh, thank you, Kappa, for making us all sweat right now. Uh, <laughs> uh, if you're watching this on Facebook, leave comments on Facebook. Yep. Again, um, this has been a really neat experiment for me for doing a, a video version of this. And so thank you for being part of this. Love it, man. Uh, Love it, bro. I'm not going to lie. This needed to be done in video form. And if you're listening to this, uh, the audio only... Um, you're missing out on a key aspect of this because what we have here is you have a white dude and a black dude mm-hmm. sitting down talking about some real life stuff. Right. And I needed I needed you guys to see this. Yeah. Um, because this can be such a one sided conversation. Yeah, it can. And so, um, but so thank you, thank you for being part of this, man. Hey, love it, man. <laughs> and thank you, devoted patron of the geeks for for sponsoring this episode. Thank you, devoted geeks for for listening and and sharing this out. Uh, if nothing else, share this episode out. I said this earlier. This is probably. I'm going to pin this as one of the most important series that we've done on Geek Devotions and specifically our podcast, Com Talk. So um, share this out because there's some really depth, some big things here. Uh, I want to encourage you guys to check out all of our social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just look for Geek Devotions. And Carlos, where can people find you? Well, you can find me um, once I get everything spun back up the way <laughs> we want to. You can still find our information. You can still find our 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 um our, you can still find our blogs um healingtruthministries.org. Org. Um, you can find us on Twitter at healingtruthorg. Same handle on Instagram um at healingtruth um at healingtruthorg. You can find us there on Twitter and Instagram. Um, we post frequently as yeah. much as we can and it's going to ramp up it's going to get even better we got new stuff coming in new equipment coming in Word. Um, new stuff for Dallas to do is my unofficial voice guy <laughs> uh, we got all that stuff coming in and we're looking to we're, we learned so much um, if you if you look for us on Podbean um, um, Healing Truth Ministry looks for us there on uh, any of your podcast platforms we learned so much from our first go around here mm-hmm. we're looking to do something if you listen to the original stuff and what we're going to go into it's going to be different but it's going to be different in a very good way that's awesome do you have a potential eta when this is going to happen i'm trying well i'm i'm shooting at the beginning of of the year just depending on how things fall into place i got a few things up in the air right just depending on how it falls into place but I, i'm i'm thinking we we're looking for a beginning of the year launch off for the new stuff awesome i'm looking forward to to hearing more from you and and we'll keep you guys updated about this uh, i want to remind you guys one last thing um we have a competition happening in devoted geek life right after thanksgiving yep are you a cook I it depends on what area, what arena. <laughs> there are certain things that that I that I fancy myself as pretty good at. Right. Certain things that I just don't touch. Well, we got a. Are you familiar with the Iron Chef competition? I, am. I, am. I love the Iron Chef competition. I grew up watching that, like the original Japanese yeah. one. Yeah, I mean, he was like, "Who could I got?" That was intimidating. <laughs> that was. Those are the best. They were so much better than the American series. Yes. But um, we're doing the Iron Geek Chef competition in Devoted Geek Life, and what it is is. Um, the week after Thanksgiving, we're challenging you guys to create a brand new dish using your Thanksgiving leftovers. The official rules are on our Devoted Geek Life yes. page. So go to Facebook.com and search for Devoted Geek Life. Join a group. Answer the questions. That's important. You have to answer the questions. And uh, we'll have a competition. Uh, you got to upload a video of yourself uh, making the dish. Have fun with it. Make it geeky. And uh, But you got to. Here's the key. This is what I love about it. You have to feed somebody. Right. You have to give them the right. food. So you can't put something together that's so bad that nobody can eat it. 
<laughs> it's part of it. Yes. So, and we'll be checking the obituaries also to see if that person died. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Hot stakes. <here. laughs> it is, man. So, guys, thanks so much for taking time to listen to this podcast, uh, whether it's on YouTube, Facebook, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. Uh, just a favor, leave a review on whatever platform you're on, actually. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, until next time, remember, stay devoted. You finish this off. Peace and love.